If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Hello and welcome to Mainstream by Pixelsift. My name is Daniel and joining me today is Sarah. Here at Pixelsift, we've made our name delivering some of the best indie games coverage for games made in Australia and the world. This is Mainstream Episode 7, and on Mainstream, we discussed what high-profile blockbuster games we've been playing recently, and also what we've been reading in the news. First up, Sarah, uh, tell me what you've been playing recently. So, I've been playing Dirty Bomb recently. The community voted it in for it to be a game that we all play on Pixel Sift on our casual streams. And it's been probably two, probably more like three or four years since I last played it. And man, it is really, really good. I don't know why I put it down. That's awesome. Uh, for me, I've been playing Left 4 Dead 2 again and actually just having a look back on it with a new perspective and analyzing its gameplay mechanics. So, with that being said, let's jump into it. Australia's best video game podcast. Subscribe to Pixel Sift on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found. All right, Sarah, so tell me, uh, what exactly is Dirty Bomb? So Dirty Bomb is like um, a really fast-paced kind of hero shooter. So if you think about stuff like COD or Rainbow Six Siege, it takes like a lot of the, I guess, the visual style of that, but it's more like, I guess, Overwatch in it's a bit more of a goofy hero shooter. All the characters are really like stylistic in, in their getup, in their outfits, but they're more kind of inspired by like, I guess, you know, traditional video gamey, military-inspired outfits and uniforms. It's really, really cool. It's made by the same developers that made Brink. Now, I've never played Brink, but I've been told that Dirty Bomb Play is kind of really similar. It has a lot of the same kind of feeling of that. And it's it's just, it's really, really fun because it's quite fast-paced. It's a, it's a very modern shooter and it has a little tiny bit of like parkour to it. So as you're running around these really interestingly designed maps and this kind of, you know, almost, it's kind of like post-apocalyptic, but not quite... Yeah, like, you know, some like dirty bombs have kind of gone off and you're kind of, you know, playing as like these, you know, I think one faction is like an insurgency and the other faction is like run by the government. As you're kind of running around, you know, um, doing, you know, this, this playing this team shooter game, there's like, you can kind of traverse the maps in a really interesting way because you could just kind of slightly bounce off walls. Not as intense as say Titanfall 2, where you can quite literally wall run and jump and you have grappling hooks and stuff, <laughs> but you can kind of like, you know, do a tiny bit of parkour to bounce your way around the maps and to get, you know, into more elevated areas and i've been really enjoying it it's very very fun that's really cool um is it so that there's different game modes and game types right is there like a main element to it that you always go back to or is it sort of equally balanced in in all the different features it has to offer 
To be honest, I've, I can't really remember because I pretty much just jumped straight in and I've just been playing um, the one main game mode, which is um, it's sort of like an attack and defense. So it's pretty much just payload from Overwatch. You know, one team mm. basically stops the payload from being pushed, the other team pushes it. And within that, you depending on the map that you're playing on, you have sub-objectives. So you have to push a payload initially or you have to kind of capture an objective and then from there that'll open up more objectives. So um, I guess one one's kind of payload focused, the, the other's more like, you know, capture or execute you know a thing like plant c4 and an objective but the way all of the maps work in the same kind of way is once you kind of get past the first objective you capture the first objective or you execute something or you move the payload to a certain point it'll open up the next section of the map so you kind of progress through in a very linear fashion and I've, i've really enjoyed that because um you know, obviously one team has to defend that. And, um, but as it progresses, like the map changes, you know, and what's really cool is depending on what side you're on, um, either side has options to basically create shortcuts or to cut off shortcuts. So you can destroy generators, which um, stop uh, gas from uh, filling up areas. And if you destroy the generator, um, you know, the gas comes back, which basically blocks um, a shortcut. Or if you repair the generator, um, you know, you kind of, uh, the you know you clear the gas from the area so it means that depending on what side you're on and depending on you know um the map layout and where you're positioned you're going to either want to destroy the generator or if it gets destroyed you want to repair it or protect it Hmm. which you know means that you know you're basically stopping the enemy from being able to push at different angles which is really really fun and you know lots of characters can kind of run around and um you know, flank enemies and get behind and because they all have different abilities you know you get lots of really like fun moments where you know, like all sorts of stuff's happening, and it's 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 kind of chaotic and and really hectic. But um, I've been I've been really enjoying it, and it's got a really strong community too. And what's interesting about it is that it was released in 2015, and at the time, um, it was a free to play game, but it had paid elements to it. So you know, pretty classic. You, you basically you could buy characters with real money to kind of not quite pay to win, but it could elevate you. And you know, some characters were paywalled that were arguably better, or they were a bit OP and stuff like that. But right. um, in 20 early 2019, the um, server support basically just stopped and the game went entirely free to play and like there's literally no way to give them money for oh Dirty wow anymore what was the there reasoning was, behind like, that no physical way to send them money everything can be bought with your time investment in the game and i i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty satisfied with how it is like it's it's it <laughs> squint and i coined an interesting term um talking about this the other day we decided that um games are either low fat high fat or somewhere in between <laughs> and when a game is released um let's say you know i say overwatch is somewhere in between because you know, for the most part it's it's fairly low fat gameplay but loot boxes are a very high fat component of it and i feel like dirty bomb at release was um a relatively high fat game because you know at release it was free to play but it was kind of pay to win to a degree but now it's extremely low fat because you kind of just like everything you can you can acquire by just playing and investing and i think that's really interesting and it's a lot more accessible now i think because more characters um you know you can play characters in free rotation so you can basically try before you buy yeah but there's more characters in free rotation there's more opportunity there and i jumped in immediately i just bought a couple of characters and i bought loadout cards because unlike a game like overwatch where every character has set guns in dirty bomb you kind of have set passive abilities um not set passive abilities. sorry you can kind of choose a loadout card that allows you to slightly customize what guns your character has and what like passive or active abilities they have. And each loadout card has a set gun and abilities associated, but you could just kind of um, re-roll new cards. So you can kind of, you know, try and um, find one that suits your build and your play style for a certain character. Or if that you really like this gun, you can try and get one with that gun 
that character. Right. Okay. And I really enjoy that. And now because that, you know, you don't have to buy those anymore, you can entirely just get them with in-game credits. And if you had any money when the rollover happened, that was all converted into into in-game money. So, so how, now how it's, easy, it's extremely low fat. How easy is it to get certain characters? Is it like a huge grind or like a huge, uh, I suppose, uh, learning curve when it comes to it now that, it, that it's gone free mm, to play? Mm. Or is it pretty generous as far as that goes? I'd say um, as far as the difficulty of the game, there's definitely a steep learning curve. Um, picking it up, I was kind of like, what the hell am I doing? And it's very fast paced. <laughs> and because it's a very niche community game, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of formed its own very small but tight knit community now. Yeah. There's a lot of players very good at it but on the same hand they were also very a lot friendlier than i'm used to experiencing in general for a niche community so most people were just quite excited that new people were kind of getting into the game which was really cool as yeah. far as picking up new characters i'd say it's still a little bit grindy because ultimately with with anything like this you know you like you just have to invest time into the game i don't actually know because i i only really played it twice uh since getting back into it so i don't have a good feel on on how long it would take you to um, grind enough points to get a new character. I had a bunch that I left was left over from when I last played, but I, I wouldn't say it's super unfair. You know, like you play some games and it's just like, you just look at how much you earn over time. You go, this is just ridiculous. But right, I don't think yeah. Dirty Bomb is, is too unfair. And it did give me a bunch of free handouts when I just signed in. Okay, like it gave me a okay. bunch of free loot boxes, kind of like Apex Legends style. And I just opened them and I could just, you can sell cards that you don't want like loadout cards and then you can use those points to buy a character or buy new loadout cards if you want so you can just kind of recycle them back into the system and i was like yeah i'm, I'm cool with this you know <laughs> That's not but yeah yeah so i think i definitely recommend it to anyone that is interested in fast place to kind of stylistic shooter action and is just looking for something a little bit different and you're kind of never out of the action and the fact that it's a hero shooter means you can very much tailor your gameplay to a character that really suits how you want to play. And within that, you can tailor the guns, um, part of me. So unlike Overwatch, you know, let's say you really like Reaper's gameplay, but you're like, oh, but I really like the shotguns. Like in Dirty Bomb, you could find a character that you really like the gameplay of, but then from there, you can even find a gun that you're really happy with. Mm, okay, so, so more, depending more on how catered you to play, play style. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, really cool. Yeah, so if you play a really specific way, you can find a gun that matches that alongside the character instead of being relegated to being like, oh, I like this one character, but I don't like the way that gun plays in conjunction to how I want to play them. And I think that's mm. awesome. So if anyone, if you like the sound of that, I'd heavily recommend giving Dirty Bomb a try. And it is free on Steam on PC. Awesome. And just before we wrap up on Dirty Bomb, is there anything that stands out to you in particular? Do you have any stories about any of the matches that you've gone through or something cool that you've done? Um, I got hit with a ba uh, with a cricket bat a lot, <laughs> which is quite funny. So a lot of the um the players and, and I, I think this is quite interesting, quite like doing this especially a lot of the very good players they'll pick a very fast character they'll sprint around the map at full speed and they'll right. have a cricket bat like and the scout and they'll kind just of. they'll just smash you with a cricket bat yeah. in the face. That's all they'll <laughs> and I think that's hilarious and that's something that I aspire to do and I think that's that's very funny because I think if you get good enough at it and you get good enough at the movement system and erratic enough, you can just kind of bolt around, bounce off walls and just smash people with a cricket bat or, or another melee weapon. And I think there's something very entertaining about that. It reminds me of a lot of other um, really silly games that came out on Steam. One of them was called Double Action Boogaloo um, and you could just run around and punch people in that and it had like the most chaotic kind of uh, parkour gameplay and I just found that was so entertaining to not even use guns, just to try and run at people with my fists out, ready to give them a big smack in the face. And it kind of feels like that in Dirty Bomb because you just turn around and someone will be bolting at you 
lightning fast with a cricket bat and you'll just be like, oh, God, no, please, please no. But it, it's very it's very entertaining having that happen because the game is so fast and chaotic. It's just mm. it's just good fun. Even if even when I lose, I don't – I kind of just laugh at it because the, the whole thing is just – it's just going by so fast and it's just <laughs> kind of like that. But, yeah, really, really been enjoying it. That's amazing. So, yeah, you guys heard it here first. If you do catch Sarah on Dirty Bomb, just watch out for her and her cricket bat. She's coming at you full oh, speed. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be a long time before I'm good enough to have the cricket bat, but I reckon it'll be everyone else whacking me with that. But, yeah, check us out. I'll probably be playing it again on one of our casual streams on Pixel Sift. Great. All right, let's move on to the next game. This is Mainstream by Pixel Sift. So you've been going back to playing Left 4 Dead 2, which is a really, really old game, Daniel, but I heard that you've been enjoying it quite a lot despite that. I think if there's any uh, common theme with me here on Mainstream is that I play really old games <laughs> now, and then I talk <laughs> back on it with like a new sort of perspective. But yeah, no, that's, that's totally right. And uh, it's just recently because my brother, I'm trying to get him more into PC gaming, and so I was looking at the games that we do have together in Steam, and I realized that he's got Left 4 Dead, and we don't really play it that much. So I was like, okay, let's let's do it together. Let's just see what's up. And uh, a couple of hours into it, I just realized, like, it's 2020. This game still really holds up. And mm, I think it's a, it's a testament to the game design, especially because, uh, say what you want about graphics or anything, but I just have so much fun with Left 4 Dead, and especially now with, because uh, I'm playing on, on Steam, the amount of mods that come out that are quali- quality of life improvements or different things that they Absolutely. add, it always keeps it fresh and it always keeps it in rotation. So um, I've def- I've been checking out a bunch of YouTube videos where they break down the mechanics of it and just sit, trying to understand and appreciate more about what actually goes on under the hood. Because um, Sarah, I'm sure mm. you've heard about the AI director that Valve have implemented and also uh, Turtle Rock Studios, um, I believe the name is called, when they developed the game. And uh, mm-hmm. yes. yeah, so... The same, they have the same number of maps uh, in and out of rotation, but there's a bunch of different RNG elements. Uh, if you guys don't know, RNG means random number generator. So basically procedurally things that happen that's different on each playthrough. So for example, there might be different weapons at a certain point. There might be different special infected, as they're called, uh, that can pop up at certain points in the game. And I think it's those small tweaks that still make it so much fun. Even though when you play the game, you understand the map, it's still challenging, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah, because, you know, one day there might be a tank around that corner, the next day there might not be, then you just don't know. And when you, I think when I play Left 4 Dead, I'm always, you know, preparing for certain incidents. So, you know, mm. I know a horde's likely going to be here, but if a tank suddenly rocks up, do I have the right equipment? Do I have a Molotov to deal with that? Yeah. If I don't, it's like, oh, no, I should have prepared. But, you know, I think that's what's really fun about Left 4 Dead is as you're kind of progressing through the map, you kind of know what you're in for. But on the same token, you can't be prepared for it uh, like you're speed running the entire game because there is still that that rng element of is this thing going to spawn here i don't know and if it does am i prepared for it or you know did did i get a molotov previously did did one just not spawn did i miss it and i really have enjoyed that so have any what kind of mods have you been putting on left because obviously (laughs) the mod community is huge and squint and i both agree that left 4 dead is a very low fat game yes because and, yes. and the mod community really adds to that hugely. And I think what's kept Left 4 Dead going for so long is the mm. fact that the mod community is such a thriving and healthy group of people that are just there to have a good time and, and put some do some weird stuff in. So what has been your favorite or your favorite <laughs> few mods lately okay. for Left 4 Dead? Okay, so uh, let me just preface and say I've got some really weird mods on there that I just think oh, is, is funny. There's like, there's like the serious ones where there are like new guns just because I think hearing a, a new gun sound kind of, Mm. like refreshes things a little bit because obviously you get used to hearing the guns but when you get something new you're like ah this feels better even though it's the same stats um but i think 
For me, I want to give a special shout out to uh, this one called Deathcraft 2, which is... Oh, Deathcraft? Oh, Deathcraft 2. I can't remember the, the exact name. But basically, it's a guy or like a team or whoever developed the mod made... They ported Minecraft into Left 4 Dead, essentially, which is a, a like a five-part campaign. And they've got Minecraft guns and Minecraft textures for all, the, all of the survivors and oh, all of the uh, I, I think I played infected. that a long it's time really ago. Good. I think I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I think it's... Uh, because it's everything looks like Minecraft. It's just the animations that are different, right? Because obviously there's ragdoll mm. physics and stuff. But it it's so nice and it's so well done in a way where I'm walking in a cave now and I'm like, okay, this is even more reason to be scared than regular Minecraft because there are zombies that could kill me in two hits versus just the regular mobs you get, you know? So uh, that's mm. that's a really good one. I definitely recommend anyone check that out. And uh, also one of the uh, the funnier meme ones I've got is... Uh, that's also the thing I love about Left 4 Dead because... I got this one a couple of years ago, I think, uh, when I just played it once, and it's Big Shack, and every time the tank comes up, you just hear, scat, 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 pop, pop, and like, oh that's that's God. literally it, that's literally it, and I think a part of uh, Man's Not Hot as well, and I, I just had to get that, just because I love memes, and I had to do it, and so that that's Absolutely. keeping everything super fresh. <laughs> I think I think that's probably one of my favorite things about Left 4 Dead is sitting down and being like, let's have a let's let's have a little squiz on the the, the top rated Steam <laughs> mods for this week and and just seeing the kind of bizarre stuff that people have added to the game. I, I love it whenever I see a screenshot of someone playing Left 4 Dead and every single like player character is a completely different model from oh, completely yeah. different franchises. Yeah, yeah. There's just something so entertaining about seeing them all try to jankly hold the same guns <laughs> with like and seeing how like the you know the the model is trying to fit within the, the I guess the wireframe of the original kind it of existence. Doesn't it doesn't I, work. Yeah, it just doesn't work. I love that Steam has made it so available for people to mod. And I think that's yeah. the probably one of the best parts about it is that anyone could realistically learn to mod and then include something fun and that gets put out towards for the whole community to enjoy. So have there any any, any moments of you playing um, with your brother that really stood out to you playing Left 4 Dead 2? It's, uh, I, I play with my brother and also a mate of mine when, whenever we get time. And I think all, all three of us, because we're playing on advanced difficulty, not quite up to expert yet, which I do want to get to one day, but I think it's not necessarily any particular moment that I can think of, but it's just the overall tense atmosphere. And especially like you said earlier, when the horde comes or there are things about like, damn, I wish I shouldn't have thrown my Molotov earlier for this thing. I could have used it now. And there's quick, uh, moments like that that make it really fresh and really interesting still to play. And I think that although on advanced setting, it is pretty challenging if you're not communicating. Mm. And that's such a big part of, of Left 4 Dead is constant communication, constant saying where you're going, because, you know, if, if you split up and then that you can just die straight away. So I think Absolutely, yeah. it's it's also more about just um, it's done in a way where it's hard, but it's not frustrating, if that makes sense. So yeah, for sure. Despite the RNG element, you think it would be frustrating because you think like, oh, this is this is crap. You know, I I, I can't believe this thing happened here at this point, and you can blame the RNG because it's it's random each time. But I think there comes with uh, the more you play Left 4 Dead, the more you understand the systems, and you feel like you you're the one that messed up rather than you know something unfair happening to you. Mm, for sure. So um, would you recommend Left 4 Dead in, in general to people now, like, you know, despite it being such an old game, is this still something that you think is absolutely worth going back to with or without mods? Oh, yes. Yeah, 100%. If uh, if people haven't played Left 4 Dead before, um, I would 100% recommend it just because it's such a classic. And the gameplay, I really can't say that I've played a game like Left 4 Dead since Left 4 Dead. You know, you, you get elements of Left 4 mm -hmm. Dead in certain games here and there, but nothing quite as like the certain 
je ne sais quoi, or whatever you would say, but the special sauce they, they managed to get right with, with Left 4 Dead, uh, which really makes me uh, sad that there's probably not going to be a Left 4 Dead 3. But then again, with a Valve list of games that uh, 3, I don't think we'll be getting that anytime soon. So. <laughs> I think I think with the the modding community, Left 4 Dead 2 is kind of I think it's going to have a, a certain timeless quality to it. Yeah. Because the, the mods are there, and I think Left 4 Dead, it's definitely a game that I've when I've gone back to it periodically, I've always had just as much fun as the first time. Awesome. All right, cool. Let's uh, let's move into some news stories we've been seeing uh, on the internet. You're listening to Mainstream by Pixel Sift. Visit us on pixelsift.com.au. Cool. So, Sarah, uh, have you been seeing anything in the news uh, that's been going around that you'd like to talk about? Boy, I sure do, because Fallout 6, 76 sorry, is coming to Steam, um, which is uh, <laughs> is, it not, is it not on Steam already? Move. No. See, the thing is, when it, um, everyone was like, oh, yeah, cool, all right, you know, it's, it's a Fallout game, it's a multiplayer game, there's going to be no NPCs, too right, sure, whatever, Bethesda, that's not going to work, and it absolutely didn't. But what people were really upset about was the fact that it was exclusively on their own launcher. Right, yeah. The now, Bethes- yeah. Yep. The, and the thing, and the problem with that is whenever you're making a multiplayer game these days, uh, anytime that you have your own launcher integration separately or through Steam, you have to have a separate friends list most of the time. Now, I don't know how any of that works from like a development or coding perspective, but I, as a player, I sure do know it's a pain. It's a pain. It's such an annoyance because when you boot up, it's like, oh, I have to learn how this new social menu works. And Steam is good because Steam is, is convenient and, it, and it's well put together and it's it's streamlined and it, it just works. Uh, and every time I go to use Steam and I go to check my friends list or I go to add someone or to invite someone, it it feels very seamless. And anytime, you know, you boot up a new game, it's just it's just annoying to kind of figure out how their new menu works and fallout 76 basically forced you to download bethesda's new thing like oh yeah Mm. no we're gonna have our own launcher you know where yeah this is super serious and it just it was just it was a flop but we all know it was a flop and (laughs) i feel like this was just an inevitability then porting it to steam um now i haven't been able to find confirmation that you will be able to transfer your save data but in an article that i was reading it was either from pc gamer or kotaku it did mention that you won't be able to transfer um your in-game um like paid currency with that you paid with real dollars which is all right but it did imply from that that you can still transfer your save data um which would be an absolute travesty and that would definitely make me never boot up the game again if i couldn't move my character across but it's it's also going to be launching steam with huge update and that's going to be very interesting and my money is on it being free to play now it was previously a paid game i believe they added in some subscription options i think at one point um they they changed their subscription model uh, and they allowed players to basically uh, give them more money and they got a special little badge next to their name Hmm. i think you created a class war at some point because any player that had like bought into the subscription model um, or had like paid extra money had like a little notification next to their name that showed that they had, you know, um, was support was a supporter and everyone else that didn't, you know, they all kind of banded together against each other. But it's going to be really fascinating to see what happens when it is ported, if there will be an influx of new players, if there's going to be a sort of um, a success story to the game. And it's going to be really interesting to see what happens and if this, this becomes like, a, oh, it's good now. 
you know, if, if or if the, it's going to be like another kind of update that just kind of is a bit like, eh. I'm curious though, Sarah, do you think at this point, will Fallout 76 eventually become a success story? Say something like No Man's Sky, which has over the years managed to pull itself in together and actually apparently is at a really, really good state. Now, here's the thing. Just before we came on the show, actually, because I, I was talking to Squint now, the reason why I bring him up again is because we both played a lot of 76 together because we got it really cheap. He actually bought it for me. We saw, we heard, we'd seen it was terrible. We'd heard, we'd seen the reviews. We were like, oh, that's a disappointment. We saw it really cheap in EB Games and we were like, you know what? Let's just have some fun. Squint's theory is um, that Bethesda are kind of trying to do the same maybe with Fallout 76, kind of also very much akin to No Man's Sky, as you said, you know, releasing something potentially unfinished. They got to the point where maybe it was just not ready to go, but they thought, you know what, we'll put it out and we'll gradually patch it. And then we will get this kind of fame of, oh, they made a great game. Look at them. They came, they pulled through in the end, you know, but this update is going to be what I think determines that personally. Uh, Whatever happens next will definitely determine the future of Fallout 76. And if anybody wants to come back to it, um, so I think we'll leave it there and we'll also move on to what I've been seeing in the news recently. Dan Hauser from Rockstar Games, uh, one of the lead writers, and I'm pretty sure co-founder uh, as well, has has left. Uh, which that's, that's definitely something pretty, pretty intense to have that happen. Yeah, really, really, really big news. Um, I was just having a look through and uh, his brother, Sam Hauser, uh, they, they released a statement and sort of saying that uh, the company which they both founded together, I think with a bunch of other people, uh, in 1998, his role remains unchanged. So it's just Dan Hauser that's, leave, uh, that's leaving. And Dan Hauser, on the last two games that Rockstar have released, Grand Theft Auto V and Red Dead Redemption 2, he served as lead writer on both of them. So at this point, I'm more curious than anything because I don't want to immediately see this headline and think that it's going to be a bad thing for the company, you know, because uh, credit dude, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, in my opinion, has one of the best stories written in anything, any media, not just games. And the amount of nuance and detail and all of the themes that they hit on across its really lengthy campaign um, really resonates with me. And I, I know that uh, Dan Hauser had a huge part to play alongside his writing staff. But that's that's just it. That's the keyword writing staff. If you go and look at Rockstar and the amount of people they do have writing these games and collaborating off of each other and everything, that's a, there's a lot of people there and a lot of talented folks, too. So I think... Um, also, that this news comes out of what he, what Dan Hauser was saying last year, at the end of last year, uh, or maybe it might have been 2018, I actually can't remember, uh, but the 100-hour work week thing that they were talking about at Rockstar and um, all of that. So I, I think he said something along the lines of his decision to leave was that he went on uh, some kind of uh, extended break at the beginning of spring 2019, and now is the time for him to eventually move on. And I think that after 20 years in a creative field, that would probably do it to you, you know? I mean, there's only so yeah, much that absolutely. you can keep thinking of. Um, but yeah, do you have any thoughts on that? What do, you, what do you think? I mean, my first thought goes to Rockstar have had a bit of a bad history of crunch mm, and putting people yeah. really under the pump, especially. And I don't want to say over-glorifying that, but definitely probably having it as, a, as almost like a badge of honor, depending. And crunch absolutely has long-term health effects. We're not really going to know what happened, but my, that's really where my, my mind goes is, did the guy need a break because he was potentially overworked too and things just got out of hand and the demand of being in a company that is pumping out really acclaimed games but under potentially not the best circumstances, did that just get too much? 100%. You know? But potentially there's a there's a bleed-out effect of, you know, they, there's an expectation that they are managing the team that they are there as well during that period and that they are setting an example. Because, yeah, you know, if, if, if your boss just goes, you need to work extra hours and then they just leave. 
you know, that's going to, I feel like that would Morale just cause so be many quite more trickle-down problems. Yeah, but if the boss is there working with you and being like, we have to get this done, let's do it together, team. What Where Rockstar go in the future and if this could potentially uh, make a turning point for them as a company, but we'll just have to wait and see. Sit down for a chat with your pals in video games. This is Mainstream by Pixel Sift. This has been Mainstream by Pixel Sift. It's what video games the Pixel Sift team have been playing and also what we've been reading online. My name is Daniel and special thanks to Brian Fairbanks from Salty Dog Studios for composing the Mainstream theme music. Sarah, where can listeners find you on Twitter? So I'm on Twitter as at PrettyFlyShyGuy and you're on Twitter as at DanielAngArt. And they can also find Pixelsift on social media as well. We are at Pixelsift on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and pretty much every other podcast hosting site. So just give us a search. If you like this, you can also check out our Australian podcast award-winning show just called Pixelsift, where we interview indie game developers and break down the news. You can also head down to our website to see videos, articles, and much more on pixelsift.com.au, and please give us a rating or a review. Do you like what you heard? Well, why not tell a mate who would like the show? Let me try that again. Like what you heard? Well, why not tell a mate who would like the show? Uh, that's it for Mainstream. Until next time, guys, have fun. If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. 